Good morning, church. Hope you're glad to be here this morning. Let's stand our feet. Let's sing together.
We're glad you're here today. I hope you are glad to be in the house of the Lord today. We're going to keep singing, and we're going to hear from Pastor Terry in just a moment. But before we do, say hello and greet someone around you.
to be seated. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody today? It's so good to see you guys and so good to be hanging out with you today. And um, the Bible says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And I feel that way every single Sunday. I know this is what I do in life, but I love coming to church and I love hanging out with you guys and uh, being a part of what God is doing right here uh, at North Star Church. Uh, I want to have a word of prayer and uh, we're going to receive the offering. There are different ways that you can give. You can text give and I brought that number with me. It's 771-4810, 662-771-4810 and um, just re remember to, to bring your tithes and your offerings to the Lord, whether you text it or, or do it online or at the kiosk or the old-fashioned way of dropping it in the bucket. I love to give to the Lord. And so uh, let's pray over this offering, and, and then I have, have a few things to say after the prayer. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today, and I thank you that you give us the opportunity just to bring back to you uh, how you've blessed us. And God, I just pray that you would uh, take this time, bless God both the gift and the giver, and we give back to you faithfully for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. While the buckets are being passed, um, I want to say a couple of things. This is a blue bag. This is a blue bag. And... Um, if you're wondering why I brought it, a uh, couple of reasons. To remind you that today is the day that we were supposed to bring these bags back. And uh, I know some uh, have forgotten, and that's okay. You, there's still time. There's still time. And uh, do you know what this is? This is an empty blue bag. This means that no one is going to receive this bag as a blessing. So my point is we still have some uh, empty bags in the foyer and I want to challenge you to pick one up and to bring it back. If you forgot yours today, just call the church office. We'll arrange a way that you can get it to us. Um, but we'll be distributing these next Saturday, leaving from both of our campuses. And so uh, there's still time to bring it back, but we, we need you to do that. All right? And um, we, I know those that uh, are going to be the, the recipients of those bags of food will be, will be blessed. Well, this is a special day for many reasons. It's special in that it's Sunday, but it's also special in that it's Baby Dedication Day, and I get to, I get to hang out uh, with, with my family today. And uh, I just want to read a scripture. Hannah, in the Old Testament, um, the mother of Samuel, um, had prayed for him a long time. And God gave Hannah this child, and this is what she said. She said, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. 
for his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. And then Hannah, in the next chapter of praise, it's an awesome passage to read. My point is she dedicated her child to the Lord. We have two families that are dedicating children today. Would you come, Andrew and Blaine? Dans Dansby Oaks, Ledbetter. Scott and Katie Yan. Finley Greer Yan. Aren't these precious families? I'll give you just a second to, check, to take a picture. Hey, you looking at me? Hey. What's up? Grandchild. Oh, uh, adopted grandchild. Um, I just want to, the church family, first I want your families. If, if you have your families, I know they're here. So would you, with the families of both of these families, come up here and just surround these families like half the church come on down dedicating a baby to the Lord is saying we make a commitment as a church to pray for them and the parents are making a commitment that they're going to raise their child and their children in the Lord. And so today, that's a two-way commitment. We're committing as a church to support them, to pray for them, and they are making a commitment, dedicating their child to the Lord. Now, uh, if there's friends or, or, or others that would like to come up and join these, we just want to surround them in prayer. At, at least let's just stand. And um, we dedicate these children to the Lord. May God be honored through their lives. May souls be reached because of their lives as, as they dedicate their children to the Lord. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, it's in the name of Jesus that we come to you uh, committing and dedicating these children to you. Lord, we pray for Andrew and Blaine. We, we pray for Scott and Katie. We, just, we pray, God, that as they raise these children, as they raise their children, God, that they would love them and teach them the ways of God. So today, we dedicate them to you. May many lives be changed because of them. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Uh, you may be seated, but just, uh, hey, you looking at me? That's called pastoral privilege and father privilege. All right, you guys, you may be seated. Father, again, we come to you in prayer, and we pray that you would bless the remainder of the service, use it for your glory and honor, in Jesus' name.
circunstancia.
glad to be here. Let's pray together. You guys can be seated. Lord, we thank you for what's already happened here today. And we pray that for these next moments that you will be here, continue to be here, and that we will make much of you right now. That as we open our Bibles, you will just press into us. Be with Pastor Terry. We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to dive into the last message of Love Your City uh, series. Last week we talked about our influence. We've talked about our sphere of influence, how it's our, it's our place, our family, our work. It's wherever you are. It's your space. And uh, today we're going we're gonna to talk about inviting inviting. I'm always telling you, Andrew's always telling you, invite people. You invite them, we'll tell them. That, that doesn't let you off the hook, though. You're supposed to tell them, too. The Bible d- doesn't just say invite them. It says go and tell, right? Uh, go and make disciples. And so uh, the emphasis today, however, is on inviting people to, to Christ. Um, one person at a time, but, but inviting, inviting. The emphasis is, is on inviting. One thing that I know is that statistics, polls have told us that 50% of Americans say that they believe in God, yet uh, uh, from 10 to 14 or 15% of Americans actually go to church. All right? Well, that's true definitely in our four-county area because we run the numbers. So, while 50% of Americans say that they, that they believe in God, only 10% of Americans are actually in church today. And half of those say that they would go if invited, all right? They would go if they were invited. Now, there's something that we teach in Growth Track 4. It's called the Ingalls Scale, the Ingalls Scale. And it is, it is the scale of... Um, the process of how a person comes to Christ, how they move to Christ. I'm going to put it up on the screen. And uh, the first step is resistance. So all of us have known someone who is resistant, don't want to talk about God, don't want to talk about church. Um, I had a young couple not long ago tell me that we don't do church, okay? And so that would be the resistant. Let's just call him Bob for the purpose of, of my illustration today. So Bob is resistant. He, he didn't want to, to, to hear uh, anything about the gospel. But then you start praying for Bob, like, like Andrew taught last week, and, and, and as I spoke last week, uh, pray scripture over people, okay? So you've been praying for Bob that, that God would soften his heart. We all know somebody that's like hard-hearted. It's not that they... That, the, they don't want God in their life, but there's a, a, a Christ-shaped void in their life, and you start praying for them. It's, it's, her name's Susie. It's, it's, it's Tracy. It's Michelle. It's Bob. It's, it's Ted. And so we're, we're praying for Bob. God, just touch his heart. And uh, like we talked about last week, we pray Scripture over, over them. God, I pray that you will draw them. The Bible says, they can't come unless they're drawn, and God is the one that draws the person, right? And, and then you're praying for Bob, and guess what? No longer is he resistant, but he's receptive. And, and Bob is receptive, and then, then he starts asking questions. 
And he's seeking, he's seeking desperately to, to fill the emptiness in his life, but he can't fill it. You can't fill it yourself. People try popularity to, to fill the void, the emptiness in their life. They, they try money, they try possessions, they try power, prestige. But as, as hard as they try, they can't fill the emptiness. So you're praying for Bob that he would come to Jesus Christ. And, uh, and then he starts considering it. He says, well, what have I got to lose because uh, nothing else is working. And so Bob, you've been praying for Bob that, he'd, that the Holy Spirit would convict him and reveal his sins to him. And so Bob is seeking, now he's considering, and guess what? It's, it's starting to make some sense. Bob comes to church, <laughs> and uh, he, he, he gets an understanding, and then he's ready. And guess what he does? He gives his heart to Christ. So he has new life in God. This is how a person in the office or your coworker, this is how a friend at school moves toward Jesus. Now that they have Jesus in their heart, they have a sense of belonging. Man, I belong here. I don't know why it took me so long to get here. And they start going to church and making friends. And they, it's, a, it's a great sense of belonging in their life. And then they start growing. They get in a small group. If you're not in a small group, you're missing out. And, and so they get in a small group and they start growing. And, and then they start, guess what? They start serving in the church. And then they start sharing the gospel. So that's, that's how people move to Christ. And so you invited Bob. He's one of the 50% that said he would come if, if invited, and you, you invited him. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, this is in the text for today. I'm going to get there. Uh, I've just got a lot to say, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human heart. So the person at work, your family, your friends, your, your co-workers, they, they're reading your life. You see... Um, many people may not read the gospel. You, you, can, you can stick the Bible in front of them, but many people may not read the gospel, but they will read your life. Jot that down. Many people, there, there are a lot of people who are not going to read the Bible, but they're going to read you. That's why it's so important for us to go. Adrian Rogers said, to talking to some young pastors, he said, um, he said, God has not called you to fill the church. But God has called you to fill the pulpit and to send people out to share the gospel. Isn't that a good quote? Uh, hello? Come on. Isn't that a good quote? God has not called us to, to fill the church as pastors. He's called us to fill the pulpit and to stand and proclaim that it is our responsibility to take the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 1. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jews and then the Gentiles. Uh, it may not be the gospel of John, but it, it's the gospel of you. 
that they're going to hear and see for the very first time that there is hope. They've been swimming around and drowning in the sea of helplessness and hopelessness. But now it is up to us to take the gospel to them. So this is what I know. Those that accept Christ's identity will embrace this important ministry and mission of sharing Jesus with others. If we identify with Christ, then we need to embrace what he embraces. And that is that he loves the world and that he gave himself for the world. You know, God is, a, God is an inviting God. He's, a, he's all about inviting. He's all about invitation. Isaiah said it this way, and I love the, the, the Old Testament prophet, uh, the man of God, he, he said in Isaiah chapter 55, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me, listen and eat what is good, and you will delight in the riches of the fair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my Faithful love promised to David. God is always inviting. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, he said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All through the Bible, we see... God inviting, but we see man inviting. For example, Philip met Jesus. He invited Nathaniel. The Samaritan woman met Jesus, the woman at the well. What'd she do? She went home and invited her neighbors and invited her friends. Levi, whose name was changed to Matthew, the tax collector, he, he met Jesus Christ. What did he do? Man, he would show up at parties, invite people to his parties, and what, what was he doing? He was sharing Jesus with others. And so all through Scripture is teaching us about inviting. Now, our text for today is found in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and we're going to read about this very special guy in the New Testament that was all about inviting. John chapter, John chapter 1, beginning with verse 40. Andrew... Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and had, had followed Jesus. The first thing, underline that phrase, the first thing that he did, was the, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are... You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means, or is translated, Peter. So the very first thing that, that, that Andrew did, he, he went and found his brother. What an example. End of sermon. I mean, that's it. That's what we've got to do. We've got to be people of uh, invitations. Um, Andrew, he, uh, he's only mentioned nine times in Scripture. Nine times. And uh, usually he's just like casually mentioned. Like one time uh, he was, they didn't even call him by name in the Bible. It just said uh, Andrew, uh, 
Simon Peter's brother. Didn't even call him Andrew. Looks like they could have said Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, but they didn't. So Andrew was, Andrew was constantly like in the, in the background. But just think about it for just one moment. What if he had not invited Peter? Now, God is sovereign. I know I'm just making an, an illustration. God knew that he was going to invite uh, his brother, and God knew. But what if, just for a second, what if Andrew hadn't done that? Well, we, uh, Peter wouldn't have preached. Peter wouldn't have come to Christ. Wouldn't have preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people got saved. There wouldn't be a first and second Peter in the Bible. <laughs> what, if, what if Andrew had not invited his brother? And I know the theological side of that, we would say, yes, but God would have chosen. But, but he did. The point is, is that he did invite his, his brother. Even though he was not, he didn't plan a lot, he wasn't the founding pastor of, of great churches, he touched one who touched thousands. Are you with me? Andrew touched one. Peter touched thousands. Peter did get up on the day of Pentecost. He had followed Jesus, and he did get up and preach the sermon of his life, and 3,000 people came to Christ. So this is what I know that Andrew knew. That's hard to say. This is what I know that Andrew knew. Andrew realized the power of an invitation. He understood the urgency. He heard John the Baptist say, Behold, he saw his first cousin, Jesus. And this, by the way, is the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And uh, he, he sees Jesus and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Andrew's standing there and he says, What? Really? Wow. I'm, I'm with him. I'm gone. See, Johnny, I'm gone. And that's when Andrew, the first follower, uh, first uh, disciple, and uh, he, he followed Jesus, and he, he learned from Jesus. He walked with him. He, he followed him. He learned of the heart of Jesus that Jesus had for people. Andrew realized the importance of power of an invitation. And so uh, as Andrew and Peter and others began to follow Jesus, uh, something exploded on the inside of them. They, they, they developed a heart, they developed a, a passion to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who are resistant, to people who are uh, uh, receptive, to, to people who are looking and searching and considering. And that's what Andrew and that's what the, the other disciples did. When Jesus said, go and make disciples, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all these things that I have commanded. That was the last words of Jesus when he was on the earth. And here are the first words of Jesus with his disciples. And they learned very quickly the importance of, of sharing the gospel. There, you know, there's something powerful. I just wrote this down. I just wanted to, to kind of put an asterisk on this. Uh, there's something powerful about getting an invitation. Have you ever gotten an invitation to something, like, very important? It's flattering, 
makes you feel good. Wow, you reread it. It's, it, it's meaningful. And that's, that's the power uh, about an invitation. But notice, not only the invitation, but he had a heart for the lost. He had a heart to, to share the good news with, with those who were without Christ. Do you know that there's people in your family, in your neighborhood, in your, your place of business, and in your school that don't, don't know the Lord Jesus? They don't have a relationship. Sometimes we forget what it's like to be lost of, about when we came to Christ. This is Jesus was teaching uh, in, with a parable about the great banquet, about how he wants everybody to come to the banquet how he wants everybody to be saved. He says, Then the master told his servant, Go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Now, Andrew, he, he never founded any large church. His name is barely even mentioned in the Bible. But do you know that he is also considered uh, the first home missionary? He's, he's considered like the first home missionary. Homer Lindsay was a longtime pastor at First Baptist Church in um, Jacksonville, Florida. And Homer Lindsay called Andrew the, the inviter. He invited people to Christ. So this is the very heart of God. He says, go out and bring them in. He's also considered the first foreign missionary. Tradition says that that Andrew took the gospel to what is now the northern part of Russia. And possibly, tradition says, that he even took the gospel to Scotland. Just this one person only mentioned nine times, barely mentioned nine times in Scripture. Uh, that was Andrew. He was always inviting. Even when Jesus performed that incredible miracle of feeding the 5,000, it was Andrew who brought the little boy with two loaves and five, uh, two fish and five loaves. It's getting lunchtime. I'm thinking five fish, five loaves. Um, two fish and, and five loaves. And, and he, he brought that little boy to Jesus. He was always about inviting people. So I asked myself this question. I want to ask you two questions. One, I want you to think right now, of a person who came to Jesus Christ because of you. A person that came to Jesus Christ because of you. Let me ask you it a different way. Is there anybody that because you invited them or because you shared the gospel with them that they came to Jesus? So, you know, Pastor T, I, I really can't think of anybody. Well, I'm not here to to scorn you, but I'm here to challenge you. Don't let that be true this time next week. We can't reach them all. I realize that. But if I said this on the Vision Sunday, I said, if what if 500 men, women, students led one person to Christ in a 12-month period of time, we would have 500 different faces showing up here on the, on the weekend. 
You, you, are you feeling what I'm saying? I'm saying if we'll just invite and share the gospel with one person. We have a, a three-circle training. It's not a class, it's a training. It'll help you to, to get a handle on sharing the gospel so that when that question is asked to you again, you'll, you would be able to say, Pastor T., let me introduce somebody to you that I led to Christ or that you helped lead to Christ. So the second question is really my third point, and that is why, why people don't invite people. I know I do this vocationally. I've been a pastor since um, for 35 years years that's older i've been i've been a pastor longer than some of you have been alive that really makes me feel old that's why okay so anyway um i've heard a lot of reasons but let me give you a few why people don't invite people number one there's a spiritual laziness that hurt. <laughs> that hurts. There's, but it's, it's true. There's a spiritual laziness that people, it's out of sight, out of mind. Oh, you hear the pastor talk about 121. Oh, you hear about the challenge to share the gospel. Oh, you hear Matthew 28, 18 through 20 again, Acts 1, 8. Go out in the hedgeways and byways and bring them in the house. But then what happens if we're not careful? We develop a spiritual laziness. Oh, church was good. Small group was good. Next week comes. Church was good. Small group was good. But, but that's as far as we take it. You see, Bob, when he, when he gave his heart to Christ, when Bob started growing in the Lord, he started sharing the gospel. So one is spiritual laziness. Two the mindset of institution rather than invitation, individual. It's a mindset that it's the institution of the church. And that's, in, in theory, that's correct. The church is the body of Christ. It's the people. But the, the thinking of a lot of people is, is it's the church's job. It's the clergy. No, Adrian, I'm going to re-quote it again. Adrian Rogers said, our calling is not to fill the church, but to fill the pulpit and challenge the church to be the church. So one reason people don't invite people is because of spiritual laziness, but also the wrong thinking that it's an institution, not the individual. Third is somewhat legitimate. But it's really not an, it's not an excuse. It's definitely legitimate. That is, we don't share the gospel because we're busy, because of busyness. We're, we're so busy. I, I guarantee you there's not a soul here today that would not say, man, I've, been, I've had a busy week. I've had a busy week. I don't care what stage of life you're in. You had a busy week. It's busy at work. It's busy at home. It's busy at school. It's busy taking the kids to school. It's busy picking the kids up. And we get, sometimes, we get so busy. Well, I serve on Sunday. Thank you. But that does not replace 
the urgency of sharing the gospel on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday. Another reason we don't share the gospel is because we're, we're afraid. We're, there's the fear of rejection. Um, polls tell us that only one out of four people are resistant to a faith conversation. Only one out of four, 25%. That means 75% of the people in your sphere of influence are receptive. In fact, many of them are just waiting. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on me. They're just waiting. 75%. Another reason we don't share is we have a desire to be tolerant. Tolerant. Tolerant? The gospel is intolerant. Let me explain that. The gospel of Jesus Christ is both inclusive and exclusive. God said, there shall, you shall have no other gods, little g-gods, before me. That's intolerant. God said, I'm not going to tolerate other little gods before me. Jesus himself said, enter in at the narrow way, for broad is the way that leads to destruction. The narrow way is the way that leads to heaven. It's inclusive. You can come, but you've got to go this way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. So we want to make everybody happy, and we have a desire to be tolerant. Listen, the time for that has passed. We've got to share Jesus with people. Another reason is uh, it's disbelief in hell has been around for a long time, not just our culture today, but the, there's not a lot of preaching on hell, teaching on hell. Hell is a real place. I don't, I don't know what you've been taught or what you've read, but hell is real. Hell is where people without Jesus Christ are going to go. So we've got to share Jesus urgent Andrew introduced his brother you know the greatest church service that you could ever attend in your life I'm fixing to illustrate it think about it this is the best church service that you will ever attend in your entire life it's when you're standing in the foyer, maybe near guest services, you see a car turn in, you think, I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's him. And sure enough, you see Bob getting out of his car, walking across the parking lot to the front door. Your heart is like beating inside of you. Andrew, your campus pastor, Tanner, your student pastor, me, whatever I am, 
we've been challenging you and encouraging you, and you did it. Because 50% of those who aren't in church say that they would go if invited, and guess what? You invited Bob. Words can't describe how you're feeling on the inside. Hey, Bob, man, you made it. Well, I told you I probably would. You're, you're excited. You're not wanting to make a scene or anything, but say, hey, man, come on in. Let, 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 let me show you around. We've got a few minutes before the service starts. And so you show him around. I said, this is the compass center. This is the bookstore. And uh, this is the cafe. Get you a muffin, man. It's on me. You show them around, and then uh, you see the the countdown on the on the monitor. You say, uh, "Bob, I'm so glad you made it. Let's let's go on in." You and Bob find a seat. The lights go down. The music starts. You, you stand up, and you don't want to look, but you kind of glance. To see Bob is is singing like, like he's into it. You know what I'm saying? Guess what? His lips are moving. You can't hardly catch your breath. You're so proud that you took the step of the leap of faith and you just invited him. The worship songs in. The pastor comes out. And uh, he brings the message. Before the message is in, has ended, he he presents the gospel. You're praying the whole time. The preacher's speaking. You're praying. Oh God, you you you've drawn Bob here. Now, open his ears. And his eyes to the truth of the gospel. So the pastor leads in a, a prayer of salvation. You're praying it hard, harder than you've ever prayed in your entire life. And you, you've got to look over one more time, and you look over to Bob. There's a tear coming down his face. You know what happened to Bob? He just gave his heart to Jesus. It's all because Andrew invited Peter. You invited Bob. You can make a difference. It's not by accident that God has put you on this planet at this season. To hear a pastor talk about one in tw- by 21, 1% by 21. He's put you here with a purpose. On purpose. In church, let me, let me tell you something else. Collectively, he's put North Star. 
for us to come together and to make a difference eternally with the gospel. So invite somebody. Invite the Bob, the Tracy, the Stephanie, the Ted's of your life and invite them to Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you for the Word of God and how, God, it, it teaches us and it shows us who we're supposed to be and who we can be in Christ Jesus. Thank you.